how it lights my path, how it guides my way. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him that is weary. Morning by morning he wakens. He wakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. Debbie, do you want to come up and I'll pray for you? Father God, I, I, do, I do thank you for Debbie, for her service to you and for everything that you've placed within her, Lord. Father, I, I pray that the, the words that you've placed within her this morning to bring to us about this passage will um, dwell within each of us. May you use Debbie Richley this morning to touch each of us with uh, a word from this passage in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. And I should also say Happy New Year because I wasn't here last week when lots of you were Happy New Yearing on the 1st of January. So it's really good to be back together with you all. And um, it's good, really, you'll be very pleased, I'm sure, this morning for, to hear from me that in a way, a lot of what the Lord put on my heart to share with us, it's already been shared. In fact, I think Joe was just starting to preach it when he came and brought his word. Because I want us to think this morning a bit about what it means to be disciples as we look at this coming year. And about particularly about this whole area of listening, how we listen to the Lord and how we obey the things that he's saying to us. And I'll just share a few things that are on my heart from these verses. Just to say that this morning we have, it's a free passage um, for the preachers around Ichthus. And then we're going to be coming back to our Exodus passages. If you remember, we were on our journey through Exodus before Christmas. And then we took our Christmas break to look at the Christmas story together. But we will be resuming those Exodus passages from next week onwards, just in case you were wondering. Some of us like a theme, and we like to know where we are on the story, on the journey of the theme. So we'll be going back to Exodus next week. But for now, it's whatever the Lord has put on our hearts. And for me, this is the word that I've kind of come into 2023 being um, excited about or finding it stirring in my spirit. And as I look back on 2022, as I think about last year um, and how the things that we've done together as a congregation over the last year, I think for me, one of the things that I'm most thankful for and one of the things that really stands out for me was our time that we took, um, sort of starting back in March time, um, to focus on being disciples who make disciples. Remember that? W, no, D-W-M-D, that's it, that's why I used to call it for short, just me, no one else took that up because it's not a very good name. <laughs> disciples who make disciples, and lots of us, if you remember at that time, we got into pairs or triplets, we were reading the scriptures together, we were going through discipleship material together, even some of us who'd known the Lord for many, 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 many years, others of us who were newer and uh, wanted to find out and discover more about the foundations of our faith. 
Even so, all together, we were making that kind of prophetic statement, weren't we? We were saying, I want to be somebody who learns. I want to be someone who grows in learning. But I also want to be a disciple who is equipped to bring other disciples to Jesus, to help other people learn and follow him. And that was our focus for those few months up until the summer. And I was so thankful to God because in that time, it was such a lovely, fruitful time. I'm thankful that at Revive, out of those sessions that we were doing together, there were two Forest Hill baptisms. Yeah, exactly. That was really encouraging, directly flowing out of those discipleship sessions that were happening. And um, I just felt really encouraged. And as I was looking back at that and thinking about the year, I was thinking, you know, I think the Lord just wants us to see more this year, to kind of hold on to the same and keep going with it, not to let go of the things that he's already been saying. I just want to remind us, I've put up on the screen, you've seen these before, many of you, as we were going through the disciples who make disciples stuff. These were just some of the quotes. I just want to remind us of the things people were saying they were gaining from a conscious decision to um, grow in discipleship in their Christian walk, okay? That's what we were doing. Like, lots of us have been Christians a long time. Some of us, not so long. But the people were making this conscious decision. I'm going to get hold of the word. I'm going to learn. I'm going to apply it to my life in a deliberate way. And these were some of the fruits of that time. Someone said, it's helped me to realize that it's okay to have questions about my faith and also that there are answers to find. Someone said, it's opened up new perspectives for me on the big issues like creation and hell and the big questions that maybe we don't always get a chance to speak about on a Sunday morning. I've started reading the Bible for myself now every day. Wonderful growth. This has helped me to read the actual Bible and understand how the chapters and verses work. The Holy Spirit has been opening my eyes to understand things. The theme of Father God in week one really ministered to us. And then there's another page. It was good to think about how our life experiences shape us and what we believe about God. And then to adjust those beliefs according to the scriptures. It was so good to build a relationship with someone else in the congregation that I didn't know so well before. We learn so much from hearing each other's experiences with life and faith. I discovered that the fear of the Lord is not about being scared, but about being in awe of how good he is. The session on Father God helped me reflect on losing my parents and finding in him a new center of gravity for family in my life. And as a student, I didn't take one note in my lectures, but now I find myself filling in every gap in the material, and I'm so eager for God's word. It's just so many things in there. If you listen to those different voices, perhaps some of them were you who said those things, we can see there was so much fruit for our life with God coming out of that deliberate decision to dig into the word together, to get discipleship and take it seriously. There were deepening relationships happening around the congregation. There were people receiving inner healing in their hearts and lives. There were people who found that deceptions were being broken, wrong views about God, wrong understandings about who we are and who he is being broken off 
because of these times together so we can live out of truth. There were people finding that hunger and love for God's word was increasing in them. There was a sense of learning from one another. And you know, we believe in that, don't we? We are a body as the church here. It's not just that one person presides and teaches everybody else all the things they need to know. We learn from one another, from the walk that we have with the Lord, with the experiences that we have walked out together with him. So I think these things sound good. And the bit about the Holy Spirit shining his light and revelation, opening eyes so that we could understand and see things in a new way. I don't know about you, but I think that sounds pretty good. <laughs> Would you like any of those things in your Christian life this year? Would you like to grow in relationship? Would you like to find the light of Jesus shining over you? This is the daily reality of a disciple of Jesus. So just as an aside, I'd love to just encourage anyone who didn't manage to do the disciples who make disciples last time round, you can have a chat to your house group leader and they'll help you maybe to get into a pair or a triplet with somebody and you can have a go at looking at some material together and just consciously taking hold of your walk and growth with Jesus. And so the Lord has been speaking to me as I looked back over all of that and all the good fruit that was coming from last year. As I look forward at this year, I felt the Lord was speaking to me about being a disciple again. And my heart and my prayer for us here in the congregation is that we would all be truly a company of disciples, yeah, not just a group of churchgoers. It's nice and, and it's good to be a group of churchgoers, but my heart and prayer is that we would be a company of disciples, each and every one of us, because not every church is full of disciples, sadly. Isn't that true? It's possible to go to church, but not really be following after Jesus and seeking to see more of his life filling our lives. It's possible to call ourselves Christians and go to lots of meetings and pray and even be prayed for and not actually be a disciple of Jesus. And these verses that we read from Isaiah chapter 50 that Bruce read to us, they give us a bit of an understanding, don't they, about what being a disciple is really all about. And it kind of boils down to what I wrote at the beginning on that opening slide. It boils down to tongues, ears, and some other things that I'll throw in afterwards. But tongues and ears, very important. So this prophecy of Isaiah, <clears throat> where those verses came from that we read, Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 to 5, this prophecy that Isaiah was giving was about Jesus himself. And as you read on in the chapter, if you've got your Bibles open, you can see that the verses following after the ones that we read are all describing Jesus and some of his experiences that he had as he went towards the cross. But in these verses that we read, it is Jesus who is showing us how to be true disciples. And he's kind of demonstrating that for us. He's defining it for us. If we're asking, what does it mean to be a disciple? Jesus is giving us a definition and a demonstration in those verses. And so I want us to think first about the tongue. 
Isaiah prophesied about Jesus, the Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. Beautiful words, aren't they? The tongue of a disciple so that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. And you know, we can recognize true disciples in the body of Christ by the words that we speak, by the things that flow out of our mouths. These are some of the evidences of being a disciple of Jesus. And actually, as I thought about this, I realized the Lord's already been speaking about the tongue, about our mouths, about our words to us as a congregation. I don't know if you remember our very last 3T before Christmas, our very last family service <coughs> at the end of November. And we had Jane Brannigan come and she was sharing with us. And um, again, it was a free passage, it was an open passage that so we were praying, Lord, what is it you want to say? And we took up those verses from the book of James, which talk about the power of life and death that is in the tongue and the power of our words and wanting to be people who understand that the power of the Holy Spirit can flow through our words if we are disciples of Jesus. So disciples of Jesus are concerned about how we speak. And that's not about being prudish and prim and proper and, uh, you know, trying to assert our holier-than-thou attitude over everybody else because we don't say certain words or we only talk in, talk in a certain way or whatever, or we're terribly proper or we're terribly posh. Sometimes we can caricature what we're talking about here in those ways. But the truth is, disciples of Jesus understand that one of the primary ways that the Holy Spirit is released and communicated in a body of people or out into the world, one of the primary ways scripture shows us it is through the mouths and voices of God's people. It is through disciples that the Holy Spirit is released. Not exclusively. There are lots of other ways that the Spirit is moving. But when you start to read the Bible, it is inescapable that it is when words come forth from hearts that are full of the Spirit of God that power is released, that the Spirit is on the move, that He works in the world, that He works in the lives around us. And disciples understand that. And that's what they, why they care about what comes out of their mouths. Because we are uniquely positioned people to be those who open our hearts and then open our mouths and allow the Lord to work through the things that we say. Or, or I know that not all communication is, is purely verbal through the things that we communicate. But that what flows out of our mouths comes from what is living in our hearts. Disciples of Jesus are those who know they are full of the Holy Spirit. And so what pours out from their mouths is also born of him. Jesus says that, doesn't he? They're his words. The mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. 
Jesus said. And as you click down, <clears throat> Vicky, you can see there'll be some scriptures coming up which show us that if we are spirit-filled people and if we're daily asking the Lord to fill us up and to live within us, then we're going to find him spilling out of us through our words because God loves to release his power through words. Remember, in Genesis chapter 1, God spoke the very creation into being. That is how much power is in a spirit-filled word. The whole universe came forth because God spoke, and it was so. Jesus' words, we're told in John chapter 6, are spirit and life. Spirit and life flowed in every word that Jesus gave. And then it said of him, people were saying of Jesus in Luke chapter 4, that there were gracious words that fell from his lips. In fact, people were amazed at the gracious words that fell from Jesus' lips. And people said of him in John chapter 7, no one has ever spoken like this man has spoken before. There was something unique, something powerful, something uplifting, something life-giving in the way that God speaks, in the way that Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnate, spoke into the world. And if we are his disciples and if we are filled with that same spirit that lives in Jesus, that was anointing Jesus, then we too can know the same power in our words flowing forth so that we are people who truly see that God is speaking and blessing and healing and giving life and that he wants his disciples to be the same. Shall we see in 2023 a body full of people whose words bring life and whose words sustain the weary? And I think that that is such an important part of what we were reading here in these verses. You know, the prophet Isaiah was saying, when our words are full of the Lord, they will sustain weary people. And I think there's a lot of weary people. There's weary people in this room. Some of us, we're tired. And we've been working hard for the Lord. And we've been pouring ourselves out in all kinds of ways. And we felt our energy sapped or our health being attacked. And there's weariness. But did you know, people of God, you can help to sustain one another. We can help to sustain one another with the words that come forth when they are born of the Spirit. They will bring strength. They will bring healing. They will bring energy. They will bring life. They will build us up. And out there, there's a lot of weary people. And we're going to be seeing more and more and more weary people working harder and harder and harder to earn bread to put on the table. And we need to be those, don't we, who are full of something that brings something strengthening. That's what a disciple is. It's the definition that we see here in what is spoken of Jesus. It's someone who can release words that bring strength. And so... We need to think about our hearts and what they're full of, don't we? Because when our words come out and they're not very sustaining or strengthening, it's probably because our hearts are full of stuff that actually the Lord just wants to clean and clear out. Because if our hearts are full of anger or resentment or jealousies or uncleanness or ugliness or words that offend 
words that criticize, words that tear down and bring down, words that mock or jeer at other people. If that's what our hearts are full of, then that's what's going to spill out of our mouths, at least from time to time. And the thing is, we know, don't we, if we're honest, we know that those kinds of words, they sustain nobody. They sustain nobody. They add to the weariness that the world is full of. And we need strength in these days. I was just reminded when I was thinking about this of um, a long time ago now, many years ago at Revive, um, I was blessed to be part of a a little choir who were singing um, as part of Revive. Um, It was the theme that year was ancient future faith. And we were kind of looking at how our um, people have carried the torch for Jesus right down the centuries. We were looking at how that connects with who we are today in the church today. And one of the things we did was this little choir, we sang a medley of worship songs that came from, from centuries, over the centuries up until the modern day. And it was a little medley that had been put together. And uh, I remember afterwards this beautiful testimony of this woman who came after the event le- months later She wanted to share her testimony that she said while she was listening to the words of those worship songs being sung at Revive, she said, as I was listening to the words, something inside me, she said, it was like something broke. And she had been suffering with depression for many years. And she said, I I felt something sort of almost snap in my spirit. Something broke like a yoke that had been over me. And she said, and I just knew in that moment I had been healed of my depression. And she said, from that time on, she went home, she um, talked to her doctors, she had been on lots of medication, she um, eventually and carefully stopped taking that medication and she was totally healed and she sent in her testimony and she said there was power in those words that you were singing. And that's the kind of power we want to see released in 2023, isn't it? And we want to get more of those kind of words inside of us. So it's not just a matter of, you know, trying not to swear or trying not to say things that are naughty or bad or whatever. It's not about those things. That stuff is often just the evidence that our hearts need some cleaning out. It's the heart that we need to deal with. And when our hearts get full of ugly stuff, we need to regularly come and get it cleansed. And that's what we're going to do in a few moments when we break bread and take the wine together. It's an opportunity every time we do that as God's people to get your heart cleansed, to get the stuff out that shouldn't be there, and to get it full of the Holy Spirit so that something of him spills out when we open our mouths. And I just want to talk for a few minutes about the ears. We've talked about the tongue and the heart that sources the tongue, but I want to talk about the ear because it says, doesn't it, in that verse, he awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. I love those words too. He awakens me morning by morning and he awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. Because, you know, our hearts get filled up through our ears. <laughs> Maybe not medically speaking, but our hearts get filled up through our ears. The stuff that comes in <laughs> at this level is so often what we find in the reservoir of our heart and then what comes spilling out 
from our mouths as they speak. And here in these verses, this discipleship of listening, it's defined as a daily thing, isn't it? Morning by morning, by morning, by morning, by morning. At the very start of the day, we remember that we are disciples. At the very start of each day, disciples seek to listen to what Jesus has to say. What are my instructions for the day, Lord? What are your thoughts about this day that lies ahead of me? Is there anything, Lord, that I need to be prepared for today? Is there a battle that I might stumble into unwittingly that I could have been prepared for if I had been listening? Lord, what is this day about and how am I going to walk through it with you? Is there anything, Lord, you want to equip me with today that is going to help me and empower me? And we can do that morning by morning. I know some of us have got more time in our mornings than others. And this is not about saying everyone has to have a three-hour quiet time before they get to work in the morning or whatever. It's about the attitude of a disciple that says, you know, Lord, you've woken me up this morning. My first thoughts are going to be towards you. And my first listening is going to be for your voice. It may just be a moment in those minutes as we open our eyes and regain consciousness, takes some of us longer than others, doesn't it? But where we're saying to the Lord, Lord, I tune my ear to you. I know Roger always shares, doesn't he, from his own walk and devotion with the Lord, how his first prayer every morning, he tries, he seeks to make it be, Lord, come, please fill me with your Holy Spirit this morning. I don't want to live this day without your power filling my heart. And you know, even if we just make that our prayer every morning, chances are we've got something in here that can spill out and sustain some weary ones as we go through our day and strengthen us too. So there's a daily kind of listening. And of course, we can hear him speak through his word, through the Bible, If we've got time in the mornings, we can read his word and get that inside of us. Or at some point during the day, it's that daily decision as a disciple to get his words inside of us. We can hear him speak as we pray. We can hear him speak as we worship, put a worship CD on or whatever it might be. Not CDs, MP3s, no, whatever, iTunes, whatever it is. We can listen to the Lord. We can give our ears to him. And then that reservoir of life is going to grow within us. And I want to mention that there are often, there are times, aren't there, where we start to wonder if maybe our ears are blocked and we can't really hear very clearly from the Lord. I wonder if any of you ever feel like that as a disciple. You're like, well, Lord, I want to be someone who listens to you, but actually I just don't know if I hear you. I don't know how to hear your voice and I don't know if I am hearing you, I'm never sure, I'm never certain. I feel like things don't get through. And in verse 5, it says, doesn't it, the Lord has opened my ear and I was not disobedient and I didn't turn back. Again, I love that statement. What a promise from the Lord. If you feel like you're struggling to hear the Lord's voice, if you struggle with that listening place, if you struggle to know 
whether God really is speaking to you or what he is saying, here is the promise. The Lord can open that ear. He can unblock that ear so that we can hear from the Lord. Because, you know, that is something not just for the priests and the important people and the people who stand at the front. Listening to the Lord is for every single disciple. And therefore, when our ears are blocked and when we're struggling to hear from him, we can come to the Lord and say, Lord, open my ears. I need you to help me so that I can receive the words you've got to live in me. And you know, there are all kinds of blockages that can fill up our ears. I'm not going to go into them deeply, but I want to throw them out there. Because maybe you're somebody who often thinks to yourself, I just don't hear from the Lord. I just don't hear him speaking to me. I just don't know how his communications get through. And if you're somebody like that, maybe one of these things is what you want to pray about. Because these are some of the things that clog us up. If you click, we'll see them. Fear, sometimes, you can click again, fear sometimes is what clogs us up. We think to ourselves, well, God just doesn't want to speak to me. And if he did, all he would want to do is tell me off about all the bad things that I've done in my life. And if we have that fear and that guilt blocking us up, it can be such a barrier to hearing what the Lord really wants to say. You know, you would be surprised if you will come, be bold enough to come and sit a while and listen for the voice of your Father in heaven, you'd be surprised what he has to say to you. Our fears are unfounded. He wants to give good gifts to his children. Sometimes it's deception that blocks our ears because we've believed lies about who God is and what he's like and lies about ourselves and our standing before him. And sometimes there is deception that needs breaking so that we can hear clearly from him. Sometimes there is oppression from the enemy. The enemy has deliberately sent confusion or darkness after us so that our ears are fuzzy and blocked. And sometimes we may not know the source of that oppression It may just be because we live in a battle zone in this world. The enemy loves to try and trip all of us up in our faith. Sometimes there are deliberate strategies of the enemy empowered against us that are causing us difficulty in hearing from the Lord. If we've discovered that recently, if we've recognized, Lord, I'm just not hearing your voice when I listen in these days. Maybe we need to consider, is there an oppression that needs breaking off my life that the enemy has tried to darken and confuse me with? Sometimes the blockages are pride because we just think we know. I don't really need to listen to you, God. I know exactly what you're thinking all the time. (laughs) I know what you want to say. I'm with it. I can get on with things. Sometimes there's a pride. Or perhaps we know the Lord might want to redirect us, but we're too proud to let him correct the things that we've been doing. Sometimes it's unbelief that blocks our ears because we just kind of don't even believe that God does speak or that he does communicate in that way to his people. We expect him to be a God who just sits up in the heaven dispassionately watching the stuff that goes on on earth. We don't expect he's got things that he wants to say which are specific 
to you and me, to our actual prayer requests. We don't think that if we have a personal question about our personal circumstances that he even wants to speak and we just don't even believe it. He doesn't do that. God is God. Big marble pillar up in the sky somewhere. He doesn't talk to me about my life, my day, my work, my money, my food, how I spend it, what I do with my time. He doesn't speak like that. Yes, he does. (laughs) But unbelief can block our ears. And finally, I've written kind of activism. In other words, we haven't really stopped long enough to listen and to hear properly. We're just off on the next thing. We want to get things done. Come on, let's just get into practice. All this sitting about and listening, trying to hear, trying to get guidance, trying to get wisdom. It just takes too long. I've got stuff to do. (laughs) And for some of us, that is the blockage. So we need to allow and call on the Lord and ask him to unblock our ears so we can be disciples in 2023. And I just want to finish with this thought, really, because as I was praying during the prayer and fasting time last week, I really felt the Lord sort of laid on my heart the the story of the Last Supper in John chapter 13. And the kind of different expressions of discipleship that we see around that table at the Lord's Supper. Because there was discipleship like John's. Do you remember John was the one who was sat next to Jesus? And it says in John 13 that when Jesus talked to his disciples at the table and said, you know what, guys, someone here is going to betray me. And all of those disciples started leaping up and sort of saying, is it me? Is it me? It can't be me, can it, Lord? And then John's gospel tells us this lovely detail. It says that Peter signals over to John, who's sitting next to Jesus, and says to him, ask him who it is. Why did Peter do that? Because he knew John had Jesus' ear, or Jesus had John's ear. John's head was next to Jesus' heart. It says he leant back on Jesus' chest so he could talk to him. They would recline at the table in those days. So all he had to do to talk privately with Jesus was just tip his head back and lean on the breast of Jesus, lean on his heart and say, Jesus, who is it that you're talking about? And John's gospel tells us that Jesus shares with John and says, it's the one that I dip this bread and offer to the next one. But it says not everyone heard that because later Judas goes out and it says all the disciples were wondering what had happened. They didn't know that he was the one Jesus was talking about. But John knew because he had his head and his ear right on Jesus' heart. He was close. He was next to Jesus. He put himself in a position every day to incline his ear towards what the Lord was doing and saying and feeling what the very heartbeat of the Lord and his purposes was. And that's the kind of disciple we want to be, isn't it? Because you can be around Jesus, around that table, like Peter was. And and look at Peter later on in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's why I've got that picture there. You know, Peter's the one who kind of heard a bit 
but didn't listen very closely. And he's the one who draws a sword and slices the ear off the slave of the high priest in the garden when Jesus is getting arrested because he sees all this stuff that's going on and he doesn't really know what to do. He doesn't know what Jesus' heart is. He thinks he's doing the right thing. He thinks he's furthering God's purposes. No, Jesus can possibly be arrested and put to death at this point. That can't be right. He thinks he's enacting what God wants for him, but he hadn't listened. And John, who you could say, well, it looks like he did nothing at all, completely inactive. He's the one who heard Jesus' heart. He knew this is not the time to thrash about with swords. This is the time to sit and watch and pray and grieve and have faith for the future. He understood what to do in those moments because he listened to Jesus' heart and he was in tune with Jesus' heartbeat. And I want to say to us here in Ichthus Forest Hill, can we be those kind of disciples this year? Can we think about what's coming out of our mouths and let that help us consider what's in our hearts? And if we're not happy with what's in our hearts, then can we incline our ear again in a daily way towards the Lord day by day by day, start to listen for him, start to listen to the things he wants to put inside of us so that what comes out is strengthening and sustaining for others. Can we be the kinds of disciples who live in tune with the heartbeat of Jesus, who don't rush off with half-truths and half-understandings, but who truly know what to do. And this is my final verse. It's a famous verse. He often gets quoted in church life, but 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32, just simply says, the men of Issachar, one of the tribes of Israel, it says they understood the times and they knew what Israel should do. They knew what God's people needed to do. And I just wanted to say, I believe that as Ichthus Forest Hill here, if we can be disciples who listen this year, then we can be those who understand the times because they're difficult and dark, aren't they? And actually who know what the Lord wants us to do as his people, how to respond in these times, because maybe it isn't thrashing swords about. Maybe it looks different to that, but we've got to be those that listen. And if we want to have our part to play in God's purposes for our nation, for our world going forward, we're going to need to be disciples who listen. So I'm going to pray and hand back to Walter. Lord, I just want to pray that even now, you just remove blockages from our ears because we want to be disciples who listen this year. So anything, Lord, that is clogging up that communication stream between you and us, Lord, please would you unblock it, remove it, break its power that we might hear your voice and be willing and ready to respond. Amen. Let your